In the year 1831, biologist Charles Darwin began a fateful journey on the HMS Beagle. On that journey, Darwin formulated the controversial theory of evolution which has impacted society down to this day. Our goal is to punch holes in that theory, so we'd like to welcome you to Sink the Beagle. Fire one, Captain! Way to go, Stan. Nice shooting again, week after week. Wow. You know, you got something's got to improve with age. I'm Stan Hudson. And I'm John Kurlinski. Welcome you to another fun-filled adventure on <laughs> Sink the, the Beagle. Beagle. We like to think it's fun because we like to look at the serious issues of creation evolution. Serious issues for all because they answer the big questions, John. But we like we to do it in a lighthearted way, Stan. Oh, we do? We do. Uh, okay. It's fun. It is fun. And, and it's and an easy topic to do that in. It, yes. We can make a lot of fun of a lot of people and get away with it sometimes. <laughs> well... Yes, because we're here, and you're there. <laughs> and you don't <laughs> know where saying. here is. <laughs> but so, anyway. Anyway. Speaking of brains. <laughs> when did that come into the conversation today? Well, well, we've been recently talking on Sink the Beagle about vestigial organs and things oh, that don't get used too much. Evolutionary thinking brains. Evolutionary. Uh, no. <laughs> yes, when we talk about vestigial organs, those who disagree with us, are definitely vestigially brained. No, yes. something. <laughs> it's not working as it should. It's not. Uh, okay, well, so we can turn to our talk here today. What do we what do we want to talk about brains, Stan? Well, uh, supposedly we got to, the evolutionists tell us that we have uh, big brains. We we know that. I mean, you and I know that. Oh, we've, yes, of course been, we have big brains. We've been burdened with that for quite a while. I know. It's one of our one of the things we have to bear under just our large cranial capacities and but abilities. They're not, but they're not exactly sure why or how we developed such big brains because supposedly a few million years ago when when our ancestors were ook-ooking along the, the face of the earth, ook, uh, ook, they ook. had little tiny itsy bitty brain chimpanzee type brains but suddenly and it's been called the brain bang or the big brain bang oh it's like the big bang <laughs> only it's the big brain bang suddenly oh. out of nowhere we decided that we needed bigger brains and uh, we developed them in significantly larger brains and, and significantly in an evolutionary time frame very quickly i might add I mean, they're talking like three million years over three million years to go from a chimp brain to the modern, yeah. you know, 10-gallon yeah. hat brain. That's I, quite the large brain increase. Now, here's one of the challenges for evolutionists when they think about this and consider this. And that is that supposedly the brain developed rapidly, but before it really needed to. Uh, and let, let me put it this way. We had the big brain uh, tens of thousands of years ago, maybe 100,000 years ago, uh, you know, when Homo sapiens kind of came Before along. Before we had the software. But, but, so, but <laughs> that's exactly, that's perfect. We, we had, the, we had, a, we had. Before 20, the programs, we had the big brain. Uh, we had the computer and the big gigabyte. The, uh, but nothing, super no, gigs. But we didn't have, we had Windows, Windows 95 running what should be an XP program, huh? Okay, <laughs> now worse. we're connecting with our listeners and uh, the right, geeks out there the geeks. with probably the bigger brains. Yes. Uh, <laughs> in other words, the brain seemed to evolve before it either was needed or was being used. I tell you, evolutionary as a process so prophetic and needful and yeah, useful. it's prophetic. And it, it advances forward always positively. That's such amazing about evolution. You didn't get smaller brains that die out earlier. And We're getting better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> evolution, well, evolution will save us, Stan, if we give it enough time, because it will it develop enough. our wings before we need to learn how to fly to escape this lousy planet. Well, that's exactly right. Or before, who, who needs a way to become angels or angel-like beings if uh, we'll just grow them eventually? But, okay, the, and here's, again, back to the idea, and that's perfect brilliant illustration john I, in fact i'm hardware just, before I'm software all geeked out about your illustration the hardware came before, before the, the software and you would think and, and i mean thousands tens of thousands of years late it's like snail mail and then ups or something way yeah. after you know what Pony do you express do with this replaced by uh jet <laughs> that's airborne better. travel you that's know. better because well, because for tens of thousands of years supposedly uh, the evolutionists say that we had the big brain in place, but we were still using stone tools or little clubs or whatever. And it's only like these last few hundred years that uh, maybe, you know, suddenly maybe we're using what we got. Years or whatever they were saying that all of a sudden there was a brain explosion. We learned how to throw sticks more accurately and run faster and jump higher because we had these big brains now that weren't a problem. Now, here's the thing, and here's where it's tough, because evolution basically says, according to Charles Darwin anyway, if something is an advantage to you, then that will help you in evolutionary process if it helps you serve the survival of the fittest. If a big brain helps you, cool. But if you're not using it, it's not a help to you. Therefore, it's a hindrance to have a fatter head. Bigger make head. make you slower and easier target for things to hit. That's right. A bigger target. <laughs> Slow. <laughs> well, well it's, it's interesting. Though. It depends what scientists you talk to. Okay. If you talk to um, some of the more social scientists or people that aren't really developing, um, they, they, they sit around in their chair. Here's how I picture the job is. They go to work and they said, you know what? I think the brain developed physiologically before it developed psychologically, psychologically socially, or, or, or socially. Uh-huh. So, what were these higher memory capacities used for? And they sit and they sit in their chair and they just meditate. <laughs> what would be good? It's called scientific musing, and, and, and they say, well, maybe. You know, one of the subtle advances that Robin Dunbar, a social psychologist, suggested. Okay. That makes her an expert, by the way. Okay. Just because she has a degree. Um, she said that uh, maybe John. the bigger brains could have helped early hominids identify freeloaders who weren't pulling their weight in community. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's a room of them sitting around and the, and the bigger brain kicks in and said, hey, you. You lazy. <laughs> you lazy. You, you, you lunch. You lunch. <laughs> <laughs> or they're saying okay. they maybe it led to the emergence of behaviorally. Another gentleman said behaviorally in modern humans. In other words, what they're saying is, did morality, maybe morality was the outcome of our bigger brain. Morality. That's what they're going to do. That's, yeah, but that's got to help us survive, though. Morality is going to help us survive. How? I don't know. Uh, Does it make sorry, more sense that if be... I steal your food and don't have to get mine alone and you starve to death and I live, I'm surviving better than you? Do we work together if the two of us take down that mammoth versus one by himself? Is that the idea? Or, or, or yeah. we get three of us and we kind of put one out there as the sucker bait and get, and get trampled while we luck out and come in and kill when he's busy and occupied. We put the freeloader out there. Yeah. <laughs> we, we all take, we take someone who's a freeloading who is slow and uh, slow and overweight and then we let the T-Rex eat him first. You know? <laughs> and then he's full by the time we get around and we club it. That's how the dinosaurs became extinct. <laughs> oh, man. Choking on pre-humans. I, well, this, uh, that, that's about as much sense as what they're saying. I mean... Well, we, they talk about maybe they... They were using those big brains to come up with very complex two or three word sentences. Like, oog, she cute. <laughs> the teenager. I think they me, still talk like that. Me don't hungry. They? <laughs> me hungry. Yeah. Feed me. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, supposedly, well, okay, human language may have come from the bigger brain through trial and error. Um, 
you know, and that's, that's You say potato helpful. and I say potato. No, potato. And they got in a big fight over it. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you know, and really, when you look at these things, John, you really get this sense that what what else are you going to come up with 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 you when you don't have an anchor when you don't have a focus when it, when you're just guessing it's darkness out there i know and and the and the scientific mind reveals the darkness and the lack of really creativity and mm-hmm. use of that brain mm-hmm. because they don't have it anchored into a bigger picture you know really the irony is the brain is so complex it's a marvelous um, thing it's a marvelous thing we don't even yes. understand what consciousness is in mm-hmm. its fullest mm-hmm. we understand so many things about it we do know that between all your nerve endings and all the potential sensory messages your eyes are taking in right now or your ears mm-hmm. are taking in listener or mm-hmm. you don't notice the but your body notices the tension of your of your belt around your waist or mm-hmm. how whether your foot's hot or cold mm-hmm. or but your body then can, your brain can tune out and specify exactly where you want to direct it, mm-hmm. you know, on thoughts, unless you have a, obviously a neurological problem or brain damage. Mm-hmm. Just the idea of... It can close things can, off and focus and, on a, and, and an focus, issue. focus, whereas mm-hmm. the brain itself is receiving thousands of messages and processing at such yeah. a hyper speed to, to actually come along and think that we can make these simplistic remarks as the scientists have done about the human brain really reveals an ignorant bias and just a, a lack of really understanding of what life is and what life's for and what existence and, is about. And, and to think about what the basics of, of materialistic evolutionary theory is, John, that this tremendous organic computer, it's organic, it runs on sugar or whatever, runs on things, and it com- and it's far more superior than and the largest supercomputers ever been created or designed, yeah. that that could have come out through better chemistry, basically, or chemical evolution, just a few molecules deciding, Buzzard let's luck. get together. Let's get and, together. And luck, and ending up between left ear and right ear, and in, in mobile and all the different animals and critters that have got them, uh, I'm sorry. It takes more faith than I've got. I've, it, it takes such incredible amount of faith. We have a torpedo text that we like to share with believers because really the humans we talked about a few weeks back were made in the image of God. And God created us. Uh, and we, are, we, we, we bear a resemblance of the divine. Maybe it's been greatly deteriorated. As we talked about vestigially because right. of sin, right. but there still bears an emblance of the divine. And to that degree, maybe our brains can communicate with things bigger and better where our musing should be. But what does our text say? If God today? gave us a big brain, sometimes we don't always use it. And here's a, here's a comment from God. Isaiah, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's saying, you really do have chimp brains, you evolutionary thinkers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you can't even acknowledge brains. my existence. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole point is that God is such a bigger being. I mean... Y- we have a hard time understanding even why we exist sometimes or mm-hmm. how, especially if you start from a godless perspective, God doesn't have those kinds of issues. He creates, you know, solar systems. Plant. Mm-hmm. He is in charge of everything that moves and breathes. Knows the and hairs on our heads, numbers. Them. I mean, the mm-hmm. phenomenal computational power, if you put it in mathematical terms, of God's brain must be just, our, our, our thoughts don't, are just, we fall to the ground. We're, That's ants, we're ants compared. The uh, people that get a picture of God always fall on the ground and grovel a little bit. And you know why? When you come in contact with this being so, so grand and so majestic and so awesome in power mm-hmm. and knowledge and wisdom, 
it's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And yet, mankind still has this difficulty in humbling himself and acknowledging himself to have ways and thoughts lesser than the great Creator's thoughts. Instead, comes up with scenarios to try to explain why we're here and why we have brains the size that we do, and uh, and frankly, don't use very much of it. You know, I you know, like they talked about earlier that maybe they're right in one respect. You know, I detect some. Uh, mental freeloaders on the evolutionary <laughs> side of the equation here, Stan. Mm-hmm. I detect a lot of mental freeloading going on mm-hmm. by the various social psychologists and others speculating how, why we have bigger brains than when we did. So mm-hmm. I think that if we can just kind of eliminate the mental freeloading, maybe people will come to understand just how fearfully and wonderfully, as the Bible says, we're made. Yes. And how fearfully and wonderfully and, and awesome and the human brain is above all other species. Yes. One that can though it cannot understand completely the thoughts of God after yes. him, it can communicate with this being and, nonetheless. And, and that, is, that is the single biggest thing that God created mankind with that the other animals don't quite have. And that's not just a brain, but it's the ability to understand and relate to and communicate with and, and, and just, just connect with in a beautiful and direct way, the creator of all things. Yeah, the Bible does say, though God's thoughts aren't ours, as we come to Christ and come in harmony with our Creator, the Bible tells that we can too develop the mind of Christ, have mm-hmm. this mind have in this you, which is also in, in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's a relational uh, use of our brains and our lives for His glory and honor. And, so and, the, and the Holy Spirit then begins to evolve our brains into something that's useful and loving and, and selfless and humble. And something that some of these scientists that we just quoted could use. Yeah. So we invite you to listen in another week, and hopefully we'll be helping your brain uh, evolve in the yes, right direction in a positive right. way, changing in thoughts more after the On thoughts of God. On another Sink the Beagle. Thanks for listening to Sink the Beagle. We'd like to send you a special gift just for being with us today. Write to our email address, beagle at lifetalk.net, and ask for your free copy of Dr. Dwight Nelson's book called Built to Last, A Thoughtful Look at Creation and Evolution. Ask for Built to Last when you write to beagle at lifetalk.net. And be sure to listen in next time to another episode of Sink the Beagle. So join us here each week, my friends, you're sure to get a smile. From seven stranded castaways here on Gilligan's Island.